Hello and welcome to Lawless. I'm Eamon. I'm Conrad. And we are Mega City Film Club. <laughs> so this is a bonus episode um, where basically the background is Conrad, you and I are now comic movie mates. That's right. Um, Giving each other excuses to see these films. Exactly. Because uh, we now live in the same town and we're going to all the comic book movies together. And we thought we'd put out some bonus episodes to talk about the recent films that we've seen. Um, so you're probably thinking there's a, a heck of a lot of film podcasts. You don't need another one. But these will just be bonus episodes. I'll slip them out in between regular episodes. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, and just before we start, um, we're at Lawless. That's right. Um, it's a big day ahead of us. It's Saturday morning. We've literally yes. just we, seen the we, queue. Yeah, we walked past the queue to come up and, and record this episode. Very yeah. excellent. You know, I was uh, hanging out hotel bar last night and seeing all the all the stars of 2000 AD or the the droids of 2000 AD, perhaps, which is very cool. I, I talked to nobody because I'm a huge nerd and I just would wor- I worry I was just going to turn into that old Chris Farley sketch, like hi. <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you're a good drawer. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking to them all today, hopefully very soon. We'll be Absolutely. downstairs in that queue. But first, we're going to talk about four recent comic book movies that we've been to see. And we will say, uh, we're not going to do major spoilers, but there'll be some mild to moderate spoilers for films that are out there now. So. Listen, I'm going to, like, one or like there's at least one movie I'm going to spoil indiscriminately because okay. I, I have no respect for it, but it's fine. <laughs> No, well, I'm, let's go. I'm just kidding around. Well, let's go in chronological order. The first sure. one that we went to see, one of the first films post-COVID for us, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Um, what did you make of this one? I mean, I will say, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home was my first, uh, my first movie that I'd seen in the theater since the pandemic started. It was it was Cats in 2019, and then and then Spider-Man. So great improvement. <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. You know, I'm a big fan of the. Uh, of the um, of this version of Spider-Man, you know, of the of, of the of the MCU Spider-Man, and of course, this would also had a pretty major guest role for uh, for Doctor Strange, who's my favorite um, uh, superhero generally. So I thought it was fun, and then just yeah, it was a really fun um, melding of the previous Sp- Spider-Man movie, sort of creating this this multiverse where, you know, I mean, I I feel like that's not a spoiler, I just said that, that yeah, yeah, you know, you're Toby Maguire's and um, Andrew Garfield's are in this one as well, you know, and everybody and, and all going around Spider Manning as well as a bunch of villains from the previous films and stuff like that. They were all really fun. Yeah, I mean, this I thought this one was enormous fun. I think we've both seen it twice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strange is in it, which is great. Um, I remember in the cinema, you know, we had a great time because we were we were laughing in the cinema. It, it, there's some great funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also it's uh, we've talked about this, but I liked it most of the Tom Holland films because I thought it put the tragedy back into Peter Parker's life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's um, you know to to get into into Spider-Man talk. I think so much of what makes this uh, Spider-Man different from other superheroes is that I feel, I feel like it's the Steve Ditko led like the idea that Spider-Man is is kind of not a loser, but he loses a lot, especially like, you know, his, his personal life has problems that are not mirrored by, you know, even if he, when he's successful as a super, as a superhero, that doesn't necessarily translate into fortune or, or, or a happy personal life, I guess. Yeah. 
I, I thought the performances in this one were great. I thought, you know, um, everybody I thought was doing great work, but I thought Tom Holland really sold me on the, the emotion of it all. Mm -hmm. You know, that, those were moments in the cinema when I was sort of almost moved to tears by him. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, especially, yeah, especially sort of in the... I mean, you know, but it is for spoilers, but, 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 but towards the end, I think it's really mo point, point, s several points actually where, um, you know, you really feel some emotion and it's really, and I think his, his performance really shows yeah, this loss that he's experienced in a couple of different ways yeah. that are really great. And the other one I put in our notes was there's an Andrew Garfield moment. Um, and I'm a, I'm a great, I'm a great fan of sort of almost wordless acting. There's a moment between Andrew Garfield and MJ, the Tom Holland sort of MJ, mm -hmm. which I thought was um, uh, very moving, the way that Andrew Garfield sold that moment without having, really having to explain it to us. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I think it's one of those ones where I think, you know, there the it's helpful if you if you've seen all the all the all these other Spider Men, but I think it's also still you know they do a pretty good job of just kind of giving you a sense of here are these other characters you don't have to worry too much about their specific backstories to make it sort of a fun yeah. to, to just step in, you know, to step into watching these ones. If, even if you aren't a huge, you know, if you, you don't have to see five other Spider-Man movies or no. I guess seven other ones to, to get this one, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it was great fun. We had a great time at the cinema with this one. And, and I think we've both watched it streaming since. Yeah. I, I saw it in the theater and then uh, Fox from Space Spinner and I watched, like had a, had a day where we watched all the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> It was in there too, and as you say, I mean, they're all in it. All the previous Spider-Men are in it. There's a bunch of villains from the previous movies are in it, and Doctor Strange is in it. So you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think especially Willem Dafoe is really great. Just you know, in his Green Goblin character, and he's always just a lot of, a lot of fun when he gets to be both sad and also be be evil. Yeah. I think he's a, he's it, it, it seems like he's having a lot of fun in the role. I think it's great stuff. Okay. Well, let's turn from Spider-Man to the DC Universe, and let's talk about the Batman. The Batman. <laughs> T-H-E Batman. T-H-E Batman, yeah. Which was, it's, it's three hours long, isn't it? It's, 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 an, it's an extensive film. Yes. Um, uh, I'm sure everybody knows already, um, this is, uh, as it's been labelled by many people, sort of a Batman year two. Right. Uh, you know, he's a young Batman. He's still... Learning the yeah, job. He's, he, he's walking into crime scenes. Yes, he's staying around for whole conversations. Like not, I don't like. I don't think it's real. Like there's just a a big plot point where he actually like the first time that he does that sort of iconic Batman like like Jim Gordon's finishing a sentence and turns around and he's not there. Yeah. Like that's like a plot point in the film basically. And. You and I have talked many, many times about the Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen meme about, you know, <laughs> how he observes the passage of time in terms of grim and gritty Batman films. Right, yeah, it's, it's 1988, I'm watching a, a darker, grittier Batman film. It's 1996, I'm watching a darker, grittier Batman film, that sort of thing. What did you make of it, the three hours of um, young Batman? I mean, I don't, like... As much as it's a long time, I feel like at this point I'm I'm just kind of used to like it's it's not super offensive to me just because I feel like many superhero movies are each superhero movie sort of pushes the length of them. I think you know you think of like um, Endgame or Infinity War, right, which are also sort of two and a half, three hours long as well. And so yeah. I don't think this one was too bad. Although I feel like 
it seems like now sort of a trope in these Batman movies sort of where I think you could where there's sort of the way they tell them is sort of there's one movie and then maybe the last 45 minutes or an hour is a second movie I guess I'm thinking like even like The Dark Knight for instance right. where you know conceivably you could have had the Two-Face stuff at the end be its own movie or something right Right. and I think there's kind of you know you could have done a cliffhanger and sort of done the sec like a second part of of a bat of the Batman as a second movie theoretically. Right. But I think it, I mean I liked it a lot. I thought it was I liked kind of the the tone I guess you know and I, I thought it was really interesting using uh, that Nirvana song sort of as the uh, as a constant placekeeper or, or yeah. sort of like the, as as the theme of the film. I think just maybe just cause I'm just so used to. I thought it was inventive just because I'm so used to Batman having that sort of one like animated series sweeping orchestral thing, you know. Right. Um, but, and so I felt like it did a decent job of just, I guess, differentiating this version of Batman from from previous Batman. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I this was the one that I struggled with a bit. I found mm-hmm. this one long and was and somewhat wearing, and I haven't rewatched it since, although it has turned yeah. up on streaming in the last week or two. Um, uh, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not a challenge. Yeah, that, you know, it's not very like it is long, and I think that is sort of something that is can be a barrier to entry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and it is very dark, I suppose, in both in lighting and in tone. I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting move. I feel like all of the or the past two like s- series of Batman that I've seen sort of start with this mob stuff that seems like. I don't know. I haven't. I feel like I haven't read enough Batman to know sort of how foundational it is. There's sort of these bat. You know, it's the. It's all like the gang, like the gang, the gangs of Gotham, and sort of the leaders all have the same couple names and stuff like that. Yeah. But it seems like you like it's mostly just dealing with. You, you've got to deal with those in the first movie in your series, so then you can focus on supervillains in in subsequent installments. Yeah. And it does, I mean, this is, I suppose, a bit of a spoiler, but I think most people know there's a sort of post-credits, or, well, there's a, yeah, is it mid-credits scene? Yeah. It does sort of suggest that the Joker is in Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum already, and the Batman Ghosts visit him in a sort of Hannibal Lecter type scene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm Jokered out a right. little bit. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've got at least, there's at least two... Definitive Jokers in, in in the films. I, I I feel like with with Jack Nicholson and uh, and and Heath Ledger sort of yeah sort of providing sort of two ends of a spectrum basically, and anything else is sort of like any attempt to sort of go over the top from there feels like it's 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 trying a little hard. I guess it was sort of like the the Jared Leto one. I guess yeah. where it was like All right, this is a little more than I need. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, you, I mean, we could do the Doctor Manhattan meme for you know. I'm watching two years later. I'm watching another dark, corrupted version of the Joker. You know? I mean, it's just that um, you know, Batman, especially even more than like Spider-Man, say Batman's just got this massive rogues gallery. Yeah, and I think they sometimes they try to make use of it by I'm thinking like like uh, like Batman and Robin in the '90s, say where you just have like four or five villains in a film. And yeah. You know, get that and just overload it with that. But I think there's also just chances to focus on some of these guys that, um, you know, that that haven't really been been seen in films. I guess. I mean, I feel like you've sort of got the big ones now, and I and I really appreciated a, 
a interesting take on like like a QAnon take on the Riddler in 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 the Batman. I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but you know, I, I yeah, it's like oh yes, it's the Joker. And so I'm like, all right, like I, yeah. I I just you know I I'd rather sort like I like the idea actually of a of, of a Hannibal Lecter style Joker of one that is in prison and you know ominous, but yeah. not the. Not the actual focus of the movie, I guess. I think that could be interesting. Okay. I mean, I will go and see the next Robert Pattinson, Batman, with Jeffrey Wright as uh, Jim Gordon. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I thought Jeffrey Wright was great as, as, yeah. as, as, as Jim Gordon as well. Um, I think that's a, an interesting character, and I think that you need sort of a, 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 good, a good actor for it because I think it, because they, because Gordon, I think, ends up being sort of the, the moral core of these Batman films, you know? Yeah sort of the person who's still in, who's still part of the system you know uh, that that both fights the criminals and sort of keeps the vigilante in line i guess okay well talk you mentioned spider-man's rogues gallery that take us from the batman to uh morbius also jared leto yeah also jared leto yeah here we go jared leto again uh so morbius and uh yeah it's morbin time maybe <laughs> let's go it's morbid up Okay, so Morbius Jared Leto plays the science vampire from the Spider-Man uh, universe, but he's in one of the Sony movies, so mm-hmm. it's complicated as ever. Um, uh, let's say that this is a movie that people have um, made a lot of fun of. I feel I I don't know if it's real or not, but like as we're recording this this morning, I saw a thing saying that there is plan that because of how much it's how well it's done in rentals and uh, streaming that they're actually planning a sequel to that, you know, Morbius Two is officially in the works. No, and everybody everybody's memed themselves into a darker timeline, and I hope you're proud of yourselves. All right, <laughs> like I like we saw it in the theater early, yeah. and just and was we, we we were part of the part of the flop. All right, we were you know we, that was fine. But then I feel like I, like I myself complained about it enough that people are like, oh well, listen, I got I got to see what this guy's going on about. I gotta I gotta myself check this out and watch it with a friend and lean over partway through and point the screen and say that's Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we went to see it. It was a thing. Um, it happened. Uh, Jared Leto. We all sort of. Uh, we don't. We're, we're aware of the problematic nature of Jared Leto. We're not going to talk about it on this podcast. But he, he wasn't even terribly interesting. Uh, certainly, as Doctor Michael Morbius. I mean, like the like the thing about it all is just that I feel like Matt Smith also gave a very like a reasonably convincing like I am sick and frail performance, yeah. seemingly with maybe a, a tenth of the drama around it. Yeah, know? yeah, and without having to go all method. Exactly. Jared yeah. Leto does. Um, and we will quote the, the Mark Kermode joke to say that Jared Leto was not even the best Jared in the movie. <laughs> Eamon, I have a I have an important question. Okay, I you know I I I feel like it's known that you you've been a doctor. You're retired now, yeah. but so as a doctor, like how often do you go to international waters to perform treatments? <laughs> Like, do you got like? Does the NHS have have container ships on standby for this purpose, or do you have to charter one each time that you do it? I think it must be a special charter, and I suspect I must have missed 
that course at medical school where you have to go and rent a, a I'm shipping. asking everybody I know who <laughs> science this, by the way, where they're Why sort of like, how often, how often do you have to do your important uh, experiments side by side with the monkey knife fights of international waters? It's very strange. And they're very keen to let us know that they're in international waters to do this experiment. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, is uh, in classic movie science fashion, they, he tries to cure on a mouse first and the mouse appears to die. And then when the mouse comes back to life, they realize that the cure has worked and therefore it's safe for him to use it on himself. And then they... But they... <laughs> okay, one. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to step on your joke. I want to say that I know as a scientist, personally, if the, ma if, if, if the lab rat came back to life, I would like wait 10, I would wait, I would observe it for 10 minutes. Yes. And see, and then would have seen that, oh, like the mouse is back to life and it's a murderous vampire with superpowers. Because they seem very surprised when that happens, when he <laughs> is injected with the same, with the same uh, uh, chemicals, you know. As you know, at the end of the movie, I walked out and said, there's a super-powered vampire mouse somewhere in New York. It's not followed up on. They don't, no. You don't see it in its container. You know, Presumably it escaped because it's super strength. Yeah, exactly. It's out there. Where's that story? Where's that film? I just want to say my follow-up was that. Yeah, but it's a mouse that can fly and drinks blood. So it's basically just, just a bat through more complicated means, pretty much. He's developed a cure that turns mice into bats. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that was Morbius. I'll, like, I just, I just want to say for the record that Morbius is bad, but it is, it is kind of, like it's, it, it feels like a throwback to this sort of 2003 era of, of of origin story superhero films, and I think there are just some like there are some real clunkers and things that just make the movie. I can see like I've made jokes about it. It's easy to see why you make jokes about it. You know, big the the the, the big final fight is introducing a chemical that like is lethal to bats and humans it's like okay well you can just say it's lethal then yeah. like it's fine <laughs> it's one of those stake through the hearts kind of things like i like that kill you no matter what you are anyway i'm sorry yes let's let's continue on no it's i, I mean, it was a good point because you'd made that already that if if the movie morbius had come out 20 years ago it would have seemed like a perfectly reasonable superhero film but yeah. things have moved on. Yeah, we did. We just sort of we've reached different kinds of storylines for these things. Although I will like, uh, God, I keep talking about it. It's always more than time for me. But <laughs> you know, I was intrigued just by actually they had a Morbius is a post credits thing that ties it in into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm like that are make it interesting if you're a nerd that's into that kind of thing like me. Yeah, but you know, might not be enough if you're just a regular person. <laughs> Okay, well, let's, let's move on to our last film and let's make this a triple podcast crossover as Mega City Book Club Space Spinner 2000 crosses over with Stranger by the Dozen. Absolutely. My uh, semi-archived Doctor Strange pod. We, we tried to get episodes going, but it was sort of not to be, which is sad for the release of the new Doctor Strange film, Multiverse of Madness. So we both went to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We saw it in 3D and in 2D. At That's the right. Listen, we're seeing, like... the very like um we saw it in 3d and then i think later that week it was like well do you want to you want to go see it again like yeah i mean if if you want to go i guess i i would go very like okay like yeah fine let's see it again so 
You are, you know, you are a big fan of Doctor Strange, your Absolutely. favorite superhero yeah. character. Top top superhero character, Doctor Strange. Like it, he's a, a weird magician. He doesn't fight crime that much, but he's sort of, you know, will do his weird st- his own weird stuff with gods and demons and periodically show up on other superhero teams just kind of to shoot energy bolts. Good support character, yeah. Doctor Strange. Okay, so spoilers ahead for the most recent movie. You're the expert, Conrad. What did you make of In the Multiverse of Madness? I liked second? it a lot. Um, right. You know, I really liked... I, I, I liked the idea of the Scarlet Witch as, as the villain. I thought that was really cool. Um, I really liked um, all the cameos and stuff. I thought they were very fun. And, you know, and then, of course, how Scarlet Witch then slaughtered them all, just to go full <laughs> spoilers here. Just yeah. that, I thought that was hilarious. And... Just a really fun way of just, you know, because they're in a multiverse, the kills are relatively low calorie, as we like to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like, yeah, listen, it's fine. We can string cheese, um, Reed Richards or whatever. He's, you know, this is a whole different world. Who cares? You know, yeah. um, I think what, what I think is really interesting about this, about this film version of Doctor Strange is that he is still very much, um, he's not, like, like he's good at the mystic arts, but I wouldn't say he's a master of the mystic arts even still. You know, he's not Sorcerer Supreme, for instance. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times the movies are built around him biting off more than he can chew or making mistakes. You know, I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home is like that too, where it's mm. sort of, you know, he tries to cast this memory erasing spell and it sort of causes, you know, goes wrong. Th- th- yeah. there are challenges, at least partially because he's sort of doing it for a fickle teenager, but still like, yeah. you know, he's just trying to be a good guy and sort of leads to challenges, you know. Similarly, in Multiverse of Badness, of course, he's trying to get help with things and ends up sort of revealing things to uh to to wanda and whatever um so i think and and so i think that's an interesting take on the character you know i was really i I guess because i i remarked to you that um um after we saw it i was surprised that so much of the of the movies built around his relationship with um with christine um Rachel McAdams, who's sort of, you know, was his love interest, sort of love interest who seemed to sort of put aside or some, you know, yeah. it, it, to become the Sorcerer Supreme in the first film and sort of came back here. And I think maybe it's just because there's been, there's, you know, it's been sort of six years in between the first Doctor Strange film and this one where he's sort of in this, you know, doing guest star roles and side characters. We don't really get a lot of it, uh, of who he is as a character to think that like, oh, he's probably over her, not really thinking about her that much. When in fact, when you finally get to his film, he's very concerned about his relationship with her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, you know, one of the great things Marvel's always done is introduced uh, difficulties in their heroes' sort of personal lives. And there was, you know, yeah, it's there in this one. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's very much the, that's sort of the Spider-Man bait, like I said earlier, like the Steve Ditko thing. But I think it's always a important part of these characters that you know, even if they're successful as heroes, they sort of have to have adversity somewhere. And I think the interpersonal stuff is a good um, yeah outlet for that. And he gets a multi. He gets to say to a multiverse version of Christine, perhaps the stuff that he couldn't say to his version of Christine in in his universe. Yeah, I mean, I'll, like. <laughs> I got feelings about it where it's just like there's one point where he talks about he says like he says his relationship with her is complicated and it's like no it's not buddy like (laughs) she dumped you and and married somebody else like that's sort of that seems definitive to me I guess 
Um, I also really I, I, I love the character of uh, America Chavez in um, Multiverse of Madness. She's somebody who I followed in in some comics and video games and things like that. Um, and I think sort of just creating that character and having, you know, it sort of... I mean, I think just going back to the Morbius, it's an interesting way to, to tell the origin story of a character, sort of make it be part of this larger plot of, you know, that her learning to harness her powers is a big part of the movie, but isn't the sort of the standard sort of origin story setup that we've seen in other films. Right. And Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange, Dr. Stephen Strange. How do you feel yeah. about him and his... Because he's been in several films now. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I feel like I'm I'm pretty easily fooled by a lot of things in movies. I sort of don't. I I I try to avoid the the burden of insight in terms of knowing of like you know doubting accents and wigs and CGI and things yeah. like that. So I've been pretty happy with 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 Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange generally. I mean, I'll say that like. For me, and I, I've talked about this on 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 your show before. I think, um, you know, I, re, I you know I started got into Doctor Strange specifically when I was in in like my mid twenty, you know, in like in like uh, the mid two thousands or so, and sort of started reading comics sort of around you know in the, from the you know late nineties into the two thousands and stuff. And for me, just the idea of a Doctor Strange movie. Where they're going through crazy, you know, dreamscapes of of float, you know, with 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 floating rocks and platforms, fighting demons, you know, using magic powers and stuff like that, you know, the the book of the Vashanti, the book of Vashanti being a central um, point of the film and stuff. Just the idea of any of this happening is 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 amazing to me. It's something right. that. I didn't think would be possible. Like, yeah. if, if you had asked me, sort of reading the essential, the the essential Doctor Strange in like 2006, like if there would be not just a Doctor Strange movie that's true, that like looks like Doctor Strange in the comics, that has an idea of that of that character, like in the comics on film, like that there wouldn't just be like one of those, but but sev- but but two of them, and then he appears you know, doing magic stuff in a bunch of other massive films and stuff would be unbelievable. Right. You know, even when they're, when Iron Man starts coming out or something, I think Doctor Strange, sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, are these are these ones that are sort of the, the weirder side of Marvel and ones that you wouldn't expect to be, you know, successful or to be made, honestly. And so yeah. it's hard for, for me, I'm just more sort of blessed or feeling happy that, that, that these exist at all. And so sometimes some relative criticisms are sort of like, like, you know, could there be what some things that are slightly different? Maybe. But in the end, that they, are, that they exist at all is more than enough for me. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I um, should perhaps mention Sam Raimi directs this one and... Nods to some of his previous movies, sort of horror inflected. Absolutely, I, I know, you know, and I feel like it's made actually Multiverse of Madness be very controversial or pretty controversial. I think I know, I've seen conversations online with people saying that it's too scary or that it should be have a have a higher rating and stuff. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know the, gu- the the guiding lines for it, but it feels. I mean, maybe just because, like we talked about, I think that he ends up fighting an evil version of himself. 
so many evil book, uh, you know, um, um, evil books involved and stuff. It's got a very Army of Darkness feel, especially yeah. you kind of get like, I mean, they're CGI, but CGI ghoulies that are sort of inspired, that seem inspired by those yes. Harryhausen skeletons and stuff like that. Yeah. And, a, and a zombie Doctor Strange. Absolutely. So very zombified. Yeah. 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 I mean, caution for kids under 10 is what I think people are saying. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's the four films we've been to see recently. Um, I guess we know which is the bottom thrill. It's probably going to be... Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, listen. Poor Morbius. Poor Morbius. <laughs> you know, counterpoint, though, I just, like, my final thing is just that there's a point in Morbius where he's talking to someone and some, like, some sunlight falls on his hands and he's like, ah! And but then he says, no, actually, I'm not that kind of vampire. And I just remember in the theater being, why not? Why can't you have these vampire powers? That's what makes it fun that there's restrictions. You're just super powered. That's stupid vampire. Not doing vampire things. Morb your ass on out of here, I say. So we, we had fun at Morbius, but probably for the wrong reasons. What was your favourite of the four we've been to see so far and we've talked about? What's going to be your favourite? i got to say Doctor Strange, personally. I thought you probably would. I mean, yeah. that's very much in a way that the other movies haven't been very... Um, Doctor Strange is the one that I've been... You know, I watch the trailers and I'm like, woo! Like, very, get very excited about it. Um, my friend Drew, who I did Strange by the Dozen with, we just kind of have a lot like if you look at our like uh our group message history there's a lot of like us just like shouting in text about various things in the film and stuff right. i'm i'm giddy as a giddy as a schoolboy about about dr strange stuff and future dr strange films you know okay. how about yourself Haven? what's what's your top one top mine is spider-man no way home nice which has moved into my top three marvel movies now with oh, fantastic. Um, with Spider-Verse and uh, Avengers Endgame so yeah I really I thought it was terrific I really enjoyed it you know uh, as I said you and I had such a great time at the cinema um, we laughed you know uh, I cried it yeah. was it was fantastic so yeah um, but Doctor Strange was great fun as well saw it twice as you know yeah, so, yeah. I think Batman's fun too I don't know yeah. again I'm like I would I, w- I would like these DC films to yeah, to be to to do well, I would like to, I, I would like to see, see more of them generally. Like um, you know, I feel like for a while um, I'd go over to my brother's house and he and he would be and he had Aquaman on repeat almost. I've seen that one a bunch of times, but I think right. it's also fun. Um, and you know, I'm 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 always happy for competition. I think that's a yeah. I, I I would like steel to be sharpening steel when it comes to these superhero films for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to see them succeed and get more of them. So we can go back to the movies again. Absolutely. And we will be going back to the movies in a couple of months to see uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. We'll report back. Mm-hmm. Um, Mega City Film Club will return with two Judge Dredd movies. Oh, my. Yeah, uh, there are things we need to say. They made, Wait, they made Dredd movies? <laughs> no one talks about them. <laughs> uh, nobody, you never hear about them. Um, until then, you can find me at megacitybookclub.com. Uh, Spacespinner2000.com and on, of course, all your favorite podcast sources. You know, wherever you're listening to this, I'm sure you can find us as well. Uh, and until next time, um, I'm Conrad. And I'm Eamon. And we have been Mega, Mega City, City Film, Film Club. Club. <laughs>
We are at the tail end of Lawless Con Comic Convention 2022. We're in the car, about to hit the road on our way home, but we thought we'd do a quick wrap-up first. It's actually our second take, because I had our, the mic settings wrong. <laughs> listen, I wouldn't dream of doing a recording, of, of doing a car recording. I just I just do stuff in my living room, you know, attached to the computer, so this is all very advanced. Well, so anyway, we've been here at Lawless Comic Con. We've had a great time, I think, Conrad, haven't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, yes. We've had the fan experience, so we've met other fans, we've met the community, we've been out for a few drinks, met a lot of new people, which is great. Yeah, I met tons of folks, or both meeting new people and putting faces and, 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 um, and, and handshakes to sort of people I've interacted with online and stuff like that, which has also been really great. Yeah, I mean, even as you say, we arrived here on Friday night and in the bar, it was great, wasn't it? Because you just see... Yeah, you, you you sort of know these artists and stuff. You could look over and kind of see, like, whoa, like, you know, Brian Bolland and John Higgins and Glenn Faber are all, like, sort of just, you know, having a beer and talking to each other and stuff. It's great. It's sort of on the on the periphery, like, oh, no, they're too cool for me. I'll just sort of... St- st- we'll just sort of... They're, they're like the cool kids in high school. we got to just look over, but if they make eye contact, we got to look away. It's yeah. too cool for us. <laughs> and, of course, Lawless, although it can't say it, it's a 2008 convention, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and I think that's been so great of just... Um, you know, having a chance to go to one of these events that is specifically focused, like on, you know, I'm, I'm of course for for Space Spitter and stuff. I'm reading just a ton of 2080 comics as well, and so, uh, you know, an event where the focus is on that is really great, as opposed to you know your standard comic book thing where you know I'm I've got my 2080 stuff, but of course we're also crowded around through all the all the superheroes and movies yeah. and things like that. Yeah, and of course, as you say, Glenn Fabry, John Higgins, John Wagner, Brian Bolland, David Roach, Mike mm-hmm. Collins. There's been a, a plethora of Clint, Lang- Clint Langley's been Absolutely, here. Absolutely, yeah. Steve McManus, Alan Hebden we've seen. Um, and also, at a comic convention, lots of opportunities to spend your money, spend your hard-earned cash. <laughs> yeah, too much for me. Yeah, there was. Um, <laughs> but you've, you've spent very wisely this weekend because you had a couple of specific goals, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, when... They announced the names for Lawless. Um, you know, there was one that that really stood out to me, even above um, you know some of your more famous folks like your Brian Bollins or John Wagner's and so forth. And that was uh, Mike Dory, who is an early two thousand AD artist. You know, worked in black and white. He's also done a ton of war comics and things like that. Um, I think, like, if you're uh, no action, he did like Hel- um, Helmet of Hammer Force. Yeah. Like, he did a lot of the invasion comic in the start of 2000 AD and his work on uh, Mach Zero is one that both that I really like and that my friend Fox who I do Space Bitter with really counts as like the work that got him to be really like see these comics as like art yeah like to really really appreciate and look at at, at what's going on in them um, and so I kind of came in with an idea that okay, well, I want to get like a print or something from 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 him, you know, of like Mach Zero from that from that 2008 story, maybe with like the Hobo Army that's in that or something, because I know Fox would really appreciate it. Um, so I, I I I I got that on the first day, and I got a sketch of my favorite Bill Savage with the uh, you know with the shotgun with the rubber duck on the end, quack quack volgs. So. One of my favorite 2000 AD moments, honestly, of just just mass ridiculousness. Um, and then I, I showed that to Fox, my, to my friend I, I did the podcast with. And he was like, dude, 
you've got to get me some more stuff. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was sort of what I what I did today. I got some prints and I got some so, some more prints of things and just a bit a uh, a full figure sketch as well. So definitely definitely dropped like a hundred pounds on 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 Mike Dory um, this weekend just to sort of fulfill artistic requests from myself and and, and, and my friend. You know. So that the. the the Bill Savage, uh, the Bill Savage Quack Quack Volgs. I think that was thirty quid. Was that yeah? That sketch. And yeah, thir- yeah. I mean, I feel like his prices were pretty good. I guess yeah, I don't very know reasonable. To I go think. into it, it was just like yeah, thirty for an ink sketch of a sort of half figure and full figure for, th- yeah. for sixty was fine. Uh, and you know, check out Conrad's Twitter. Um, oh, I've, I've put it on my, as my profile pic and everything. Yeah, and it's on my on all the social medias. It's very um like. You know, he finished it, and I just got it, and I was just just on cloud nine on yeah. it, just 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 floating through the convention because it was it was exactly what I was looking for, and so amazing. So the Bill Savage is great. The Mac Zero he did for Fox today is also fantastic. Yes, um, and. I mean, at the convention, obviously, Brian Bolland was the big name. Big cues for oh, Brian Bolland he, all weekend. He was out, out, out the door, I think. Or yeah. Very, I Literally. Know you, you waited for quite some time. I did an hour and a half yeah. queuing for Brian Bolland to sign three things. Um, but Mike Dory is interesting because it's only in the last few years that he's sort of come back to the comics world mm-hmm. and actually figured out or learned that the people there were people who still remembered his stuff, loved his stuff, yeah, you know, he was quite surprised by it all, wasn't I he? I mean, it's, it's very much Fox and myself who's sort of yeah. like I, I, I remember honestly. I feel like I remember when like he started an Instagram account or something, just being like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's so. Ama- I feel like you know, always with these two thousand AD things, especially for the earlier stuff, like from like the seventies and eighties, there's this worry or there's this. Not, Maybe not like 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 worry that 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 people will have like passed on, but just that yeah. more like relief and happiness that you can still, you know, when they are around, that you can still find them and you know tell them how much their work means to you, and you know maybe buy some you know get something of of your own or something like that. That I think is is a is a big is a big positive fandom and something that's really fun for, yeah. as, as well. And you, I mean, you got that opportunity with Mike Dory to actually tell him how important it Absolutely. was to you yeah. and to Fox and to your podcast and everything, yeah. which was really lovely. And then get this wonderful art. And you know, yeah, we've had we've had the fan experience with other fans, the 2000 mm-hmm. Southern Contingent and Eastern Contingents. We've had some great panels we've gone to, and then just getting up close and talking with these great creators. And um, it's an all round. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, highly recommend. Oh, but but I've got to ask you, Eamon, what's your uh, what prizes have you brought? Are 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 you bringing back on 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 the good ship Clark back to? Um, back well, to I think my prize possession from this weekend. I mean, um, for anybody who follows me on Twitter, check out the Twitter after this episode comes back out because there will be some eBay auctions of some signed items which will be up for Cancer Research UK, including a copy of the hardback of America, which has been signed by. Oh, a couple of dozen droids, right. including Brian Bolland, John Wagner, Colin McNeil. So look out for that. Um, I think the prize permission, uh, possession for my collection is a page of art, original art I've bought from Dan Cornwall, mm-hmm. obviously up and coming Judge Dread artist. But he did obviously he did Rock of the Reds and Rock the God with John yes. Wagner, and it's a page from Rock the God where it's inside like an alien spaceship. There's an awful lot of Jack Kirby tech 
going on in that page. Absolutely, yeah. I've I've seen it. It's it's an amazing page. It's very detailed. There's all these different walls of circuits and yeah. stuff, as sort of as a it, with a giant like walk like walkway and stuff over it. And it's yeah. amazing. It's it's an amazing piece for sure. Check out MCBC podcast on uh, Twitter, and you'll see that image the week after this episode comes out. And yeah, I bought that from Dan Cornwall himself for seventy pounds. I thought that was very reasonable. And John Wagner signed it as well. So result. Fantastic. So that's it. Lawless 2022. Uh, this is the second time we tried recording this. But anyway, <laughs> we've done it. Out. Yeah. Um, we will be back, hopefully, for Lawless 2023. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, we'll, I mean, listen. You know, I don't, I know, I, I'm, like, uh, I'm like Humphrey Bogart. I don't make plans that far ahead. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> wonderful time. Thank you to Sue Hadron and all the organizers. Great time at, uh, here in Bristol. We're going to sign off. We're going to unplug the mics. We're going to get our car heads on and set off on the way home back to uh, lovely Ely and the Fens. Okay, so until next time, I'm Eamon. I'm Conrad. And this has been Mega City Book Club Supplemental. Oh-hoo. Oh-hoo.